Cool. Uh, Friday weekend. So yesterday I did the episode on uh, Kubik nuclear power station and load shedding stage two. And there's a little bit more things that I want to add to that. So I might do a part two of that um, uh, of uh, nuclear power stations. And um, just my kind of uh, experience working and being in one of these places. There's actually quite a lot that goes on inside and it's quite a lot of interesting things that um, kind of make sure that uh, at the end of the day there's a you know a light bulb that goes on. So um, definitely an um, in, in, interesting um, work environment. Uh, not the most creative work environment, I can add to that, but um, yeah, nonetheless, uh, there's some amazing things, especially if you're kind of more mechanically or technically inclined, there's some amazing um, systems that um, not only in size, but um, in, um, um, like I said, the kelp goals, um, but before I continue with that, I've got a song, it's just like a little intro that, uh, that was basically made from a conversation I had with a friend. So um, let's see if I can add that. Um, here we go. This is like the new rave song in South Africa. There we go. That's just a short little insert. Um, if you want to, to um, listen to more of that, um, we'll have an LP out in the end of the year. So for the... Um, the question that I've posed, a few, um, in, uh, I think in the beginning of the week, was uh, what will the optimal optimal height be for gold to drop a black muscle? So I managed to track down um, something from 1977 uh, that was written by W. R. Siegfried, um, and um, basically it tries to answer the question. So. Um, the idea is um, that um, these seagulls, um, in, there's, there's obviously different species in different parts of the world, um, and all of them, or um, you know, it's a common um, um, activity for these um, species to drop um, mollocks in um, onto hard surfaces to be able to break them. So it seems like um, each species, or e- even each individual seagull, has developed and refined a, a specific technique that um, you know he learned through trial and error through. Uh, not only um, you know uh, practicing it, but also observing what other goals are doing. So um, what they've realized is that these um, shells break open more easily when they are dropped in on hot surfaces, which you know could be rocks or roads or jetties, breakwaters. Um, even uh, it's been observed that they do it on uh, roofs um, of houses and motor cars. So here up the west coast where I stay, um, you know, these drop sites that they call them has been used for for generations um, of goals before. So it seems like, you know, um, from a young age, they kind of pinpoint exactly where it is that they need to drop their their muscles in in order to break them and actually, you know, collect the the, the food inside. So... um, to start off with these black muscles, um, firstly, you know, it also occur in kind of colonies um, just below or within the intertidal zone. So, and they usually attach to 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 the rocks um, or kind of these under uh, rocks under the sand that kind of protrudes this this the sand, and then that's kind of what they latch themselves onto. And then, uh, you know, during storms or big waves, um, they get washed off the rocks and then um, you know deposited on the beach. And, you know, like we all know, that's exactly where uh, seagulls patrol 
if it's for a free ch- uh, fish and chippy or maybe a, a black mussel, that's usually where you'll find them. So um, these this behavior has been um, recorded, especially during the winter time, um, and obviously at low tide because at low tide you've got uh, you know much more beach per se, and you've got um, you know the, the the wet sand that, that tends to be a lot harder than the dry, softer sand in the top parts of the beach. So uh, what they realized is these gulls tend to select the larger mussels for dropping, um, which makes sense, you know, I guess from any type of sp- point of view, from any type of species is um, where you, um, you know, if you can choose between the smaller and the bigger one, it makes obvious sense that you want the bigger one. You know, you need to collect less to be able to to um, sustain yourself um, for longer. So um, what they also realized is that the, the adult birds are more successful in muscle dropping than the juveniles. Um, so this obviously makes sense. I think that, again, is something that's not really um, too... too um, too special in regards to you know if you look at any other species their hunting techniques and whatever is developed through the years so um juvenile birds you know might still need to learn the the dynamics on 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 how and where to exactly break these um open uh, break open these shells so um it seems like um you know these gulls will will sometimes fly up to half a kilometer um to their favorite little drop site and uh, in between where they lift, uh, where they start or collect their shells until they where they drop it, um, even if there's um, less suitable rocky outcrops, they will you know ignore that and fly directly to a flat area where they could uh, drop it from. So um, these concrete fl- um, slabs and tar roads that I've been speak- that I spoke of a few episodes ago, uh, just down the road from me. Um, is kind of littered with the black mussels. And um, sometimes, you know, even just in the drive-by, you were able to observe them flying, hovering over these tar roads and dropping their uh, mussels. And what they figured is um, that the the mussels needs to be dropped at least from 1.7 meters or 2 meters uh, in order to fracture them. And it seems like the smaller mussels, uh, the fresher ones, is slightly more difficult uh, to, to crack than the, harder, uh, the bigger ones. Although the bigger ones might have, um, you know, in thickness, it might be be slightly thicker. So I guess that's kind of, you know, if you take in consideration, um, I don't know, maybe a small safe or something, you know, something in that sense smaller is typically um, harder or um, more secure, I would imagine. So um, basically, um, you know, they would... Um, uh, collect the the the, the, the uh, shells and then um, fly at the highest um, point before the obviously rule release this. Um, and with that in mind, obviously they also need to keep in mind, um, you know, other other pirate birds that's in the area to to um, steal the snack. And what they figured is, um, I think it's within five to ten meters these birds will kind of give each other space or at least those with food will you know move away five to ten meters from the other ones and drop their their um, muscle in order for the others not to 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 steal it um so um and the interference uh, was lowest for those who drop who chose to drop their their uh, muscles on the sand which is interesting because then obviously the the um the possibility of it breaking is a lot less dropping on the sand than it's dropping on the on the 
on the toll road. So those kind of, it's also something that they've kind of figured out is the fact that dropping it on the sand, there's less chance of it opening up. So they're not even going to bother making the energy or the effort to go and check if it's actually broken or cracked while the other bird um, is still up in the, up in the air. So um, basically um, with all of this said, um, you know, the interesting thing that, that I'm taking from all of this is the fact that because obviously here you've got black muscle and you've got white muscle. So, um, you know, can they, do goals know exactly what type of muscle they are dealing with and according to what muscle they are dealing with, um, do they adjust the height that they need to drop the um, muscle from? Because like, you know, white muscles, although seagulls are not really you know, into into uh, digging up the white muscles, occasionally you do get them washing up. So, um, you know, does the bird then understand that he needs to fly higher or lower or whatever the case might be? So, um, anyway, so that's something that uh, I thought was quite interesting. Um, it's just, um, you know, something that's an, what uh, started as an observation and I thought I'll just make a quick episode on it. So, there's another one I want to do maybe tomorrow, the day after. It's The Legend of Lucas, the baboon boy. So it was something that was written in the 1940s. Um, And um, it's something that actually happened, um, or is from an individual in South Africa. So I'll maybe do a quick episode on that um, during the the rest of the week, and then also try and do another part two of the power station. Cool, that's it. Ciao.